Our speaker today is Jessica Bridges. She is the West Side Community Court Coordinator with Large Portland and a provisional deacon in the United Methodist Church. She has lived in and dreamed with various intentional communities and was a founding member of Larch Atlanta. This dreaming and founding energy has carried her into the role of helping La Arch Portland grow into a new home in Beaverton. Will you please welcome with me Reverend Jessica Bridges. All right, we're gonna see if the, oh, I think it's, is it working? Everyone here? Okay, great. Good, good. Well, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for that introduction, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, get my, my papers all set up. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to be sharing about Larsh Portland, um, which is my kind of primary gig uh, where I work uh, day to day. And um, it may be a little bit different or uh, non unconventional for um, a sermon space. So um, I'm going to invite you to to ride along with me um, with a little bit more of an interactive thing that we'll do. Um, so yeah, so my, my name is Jessica, and as Elizabeth said, I'm the West Side Community Coordinator for Larsh Portland. And um, in the second service, I'll have two people um, in addition with me from the community, Ben and Amanda. Um, and you will see Ben in a little video here in a second. So you'll get to still meet some folks, even if you don't decided to do double duty with worship this morning. Um, and uh, just a little insight into this. So Ben is a core member. He's an adult with an intellectual disability. So we use the term core member, and I'll explain a little bit about what that means. And Amanda, who will be with him, is a, an assistant. Um, and so you'll see Ben and another person in that video. Um, and Larche is French for the Ark. So we have a French name. We were founded in France originally. So that's one reason why we have a, have a name called uh, Larche. Um, and it, we were founded by a man named Jean Vanier, um, who you may have heard of, may have read. Henry Nouwen is another writer who lived in a Larche community that sometimes people know through their writings. And Jean Vanier and two men with intellectual disabilities uh, moved into a house together, and that was the first Larche community. Um, so we're people with and without intellectual disabilities sharing life together. Um, and we're called the Ark because truly we're all in this boat together. Um, or in other words, we need each other. Um, so I, that was, that, I decided that would be kind of the title for this um, sermon is that we need each other. Um, definitely one of the main, a big, deep life lesson that I've learned in Larsh is that, that we need each other. So we're a community of people with and without intellectual disabilities, traditionally sharing life together in homes. Um, and, but we're continually evolving and wondering how could we be even more than people sharing life in homes together. Um, so I'll speak to that a little bit in a second as well. In Portland, two of our homes are on the east side in the Montevilla neighborhood. For the first 30 years of our life together, we've been primarily two homes. Um, and our newest home is here in Beaverton. So that's really exciting, and a, a part of uh, the impetus for me being with you all today is to get to um, be building relationships on the west side. We've really been, our nexus has been on the east side, so um, it's been really exciting to, to explore and expand relationships. 
Um, and in terms of that, those terminology that I mentioned, house members with intellectual disabilities are referred to as core members because they're at the heart of the community. And then members of the home who don't have intellectual disabilities um, and also have paid caregiving roles, they're called assistants. So there's this dual relationship of living alongside community mate and there's this paid caregiving relationship together. We have live-in assistants who reside in our homes and we have live-out assistants who uh, live elsewhere and come and kind of flow through the house. Um, and in our new Beaverton home, another exciting piece other than just being in a new neighborhood and getting to expand relationships um, is that we'll have house members who don't have intellectual disabilities and also don't necessarily have that paid caregiving relationship. So might have some other paid gig in the world, might be a student, might be retired, uh, might have some different kind of disability. Um, so we're really excited to expand kind of the notion of what, who, who fits in a large home. Um, so they might be called housemates or community mates, daily life members. We're still learning what everyone will be called because it's a new thing for us. And regardless of role or specific abilities, all of the people associated with our homes are called to live and to work in profound community. So sharing time and meals together, sharing our gifts with each other, and also celebrating together. We do a lot of celebrating. And each home also has close friends and volunteers who come around on a regular basis. Um, and our leadership team, so I'm a member of the leadership team, um, we all currently live outside of our homes and support the homes and the organization at large uh, in things like finances, uh, some pastoral needs, outreach, and maintaining our good standing as a social service agency, um, which is a huge, huge piece. Um, staying in good terms with the county is really important. Um, and then beyond, and also overlapping with daily life in our homes, there are three additional circles of community um, that we've just been building over the past couple of years. So we're really in a growth kind of mode. Um, and we call these Larsh at events because they're not in our homes, but they're at other locations. Um, so Larsh at UP is held in North Portland, and it's a gathering of University of Portland students alongside adults with intellectual disabilities. And they gather together on a monthly basis. And we have Larsh at Tabor, which is in East Portland, um, and that's held at a venue called Tabor Space, and it's near our East Side homes. And then we have Larsh at West Side, that's just this new, um, as we're building community, one of the ways that we've been building community other than like coming and connecting with churches and things like that is we've been having our Larsh at West Side events. And those have been held at Holy Trinity Catholic Church and planning to continue with that in the fall. We kind of, we take a break for the summertime. So, um, if you just got excited, oh, I'm gonna go to Larsh at Westside next week, hold on till September. Um, but it, and that's super close to here in Cedar Hills, not Cedar Mill, but Cedar Hills, um, if you know where Holy Trinity Catholic Church is. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really excited to be so close to you all. Um, and although Larsh Portland, so we've got our homes, we've got these community event circles, and then even bigger than that, I mentioned that we were originally founded in Larsh, so although we are an independent nonprofit 501c3 organization in Multnomah and Washington County, counties, 
We are also members of an international federation of L'Arche, which includes 154 communities in 38 countries. So I'm gonna pause right there because that's kind of like a lot of info already. Um, so I wanna pause for any like questions and there'll be some time for questions at the end too. Um, but like any terms that were kind of odd, we, I find my, myself, I'm in this like language that we all use insularly and um, sometimes it doesn't make sense to folks that I'm first getting to know. Or any, you can hold on to questions too. Okay, but just wanted to make space for it. Um, yeah, go ahead. core members, yeah. Yeah, that's great, that's great. And that's kind of like the, the translating factor. Clients is kind of what gets used in a lot of agencies. Um, so adults with intellectual disabilities, and you asked if there's an age range that we kind of focus on. Yeah, so 18 and up, um, generally. Um, though uh, I know some communities that have welcomed children. Um, I was just talking to someone at Large St. Louis who they have been um, supporting, I think someone that doesn't live in their home, but they've been supporting someone who's like in a teenage kind of bracket. Um, so there's sometimes anomalies, but generally, yeah, adult, 18 and up, no max age. Yeah. Yeah. In the back. It's, it's pretty wide open. Yeah, I've, I've been, uh, I've visited a lot of different large communities and there can be a wide range of ability and need and gift. Um, so yeah, it comes kind of down to the like, we, we currently have openings in our homes and um, so it comes down to kind of this particular season and who's already there and what we have capacity for. And so it comes down to like some tailored person-centered kind of questions. But um, yeah, we definitely have folks with Down syndrome who are across a long spectrum, as well as many other intellectual disabilities. Um, maybe one more question, then we can save other questions for the end. I'm just confused, and this may sound negative, but I don't intend it to be. It's mm -hmm. like there's a memorial in modern times put on the label of things, mm. which adds to even your confusion, whether or not, you know, Yeah, that's a great, great observation. I would say one thing, I um, have a theology degree and it, like that tends to focus a lot on language being really important. I, I both think that can become o overly cumbersome, like splitting of hairs or something when we're talking about like, does this particular person get into heaven or not or whatever. Like there can be places where things can be cumbersome when we're in idea place. I think that language is powerful and so referring to core members as core members um, and not primarily about their diagnosis. So person-centered language is really important to me. Um, and that's kind of like across like industry, kind of developmental disability land. Um, so a person with a disability versus a, disabil a disabled person, things like that. So I find that some of those nuances are really important and that our folks aren't just clients, 
that's kind of how things translate in agency land. But um, yeah, people aren't just recipients as, of services, but also offering gifts. So that might be just like an initial, I, I appreciate it for sure. Um, yeah, I might, might hold question, other questions for the end. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that they're like, that you're up for it. Um, so now that I've shared a little bit of the basics about what L'Arche is, I wanted to come back to our scripture. Um, so yeah, so Paul in his letter to the Corinthian church is speaking about the body. And it almost feels silly, um, like sometimes when I'm reading things literally, I'm like, where, where did he get this? Imagine our hand speaking to our foot, like having a little mouth or something. I don't need you, or I don't really belong to the same body as you, or the eye speaking to the ear, and so on. However, as Paul uses this image, he's doing a couple of powerful things. One, he is affirming the body, that we're in real bodies, concretely, and that none of our parts are shameful or less than. And no matter how each of our parts performs or looks, they are still beautiful and belong to our body. And he is affirming our connection one to another, our interconnectedness, the fact that we need each other. So by suggesting that one of us in this room is a hand, that one of us is a foot, another is an ear, and so on, he's saying that even if we don't realize it, or even if at times we wish it weren't true, we are all connected. And if before this moment that we hadn't realized that we actually have hands, or this person over here is a part of us, then the kind of next profound level is, wow, we have some learning to do about this hand that we had that we never realized. And that means there's some amazing new territory for us to discover. Imagine the worlds that open up when we discover that we have hands or knees or nose. So, and um, kind of coming back to L'Arche, one of, as I mentioned, one of the founders of L'Arche, Jean Vanier, put it this way. Um, coming back to words, L'Arche is not based first on the word. You'll find a lot of communities which are based on the word. Thus to say, we speak of an ideal together, we are committed to an ideal or to a vision, and so on. But L'Arche is based on body. It is our attention to the body which is key. What is important to see is that the body is well. And then as the body can become comfortable, then the spirit can rise up. There's a recognition, there's a contact, there's a relationship. So again, as the body can become comfortable, then the spirit can rise up. So in the spirit of focus on the body, I'd like to invite us to take a moment to connect with our own bodies. So I invite you to, you know, maybe stretch and not hit your, your neighbor um, um, and connect with your breath a little bit. So I invite you to take a deep breath in and notice how the air that comes into your nose feels. Maybe the air is kind of cool. Maybe you're a bit sniffly. It's hard for the air to come through. And then breathe that deep breath out. And notice how that air maybe feels warmer. And you can either close your eyes or find a spot in front of you to focus on for a second. Or you can 
uh, maybe look at parts of your body as you're considering them. Continue to breathe, maybe deep breaths, maybe at a normal pace. And I invite you to just briefly take stock of some of those parts that Paul mentions in our scripture passage. Notice your left foot. Notice your right foot. Notice your hands. Maybe this left foot, right foot stuff makes you think of the hokey pokey. Let that come. Let, let yourself laugh. And as you laugh, also notice your lungs, your belly, and the air that moves around in your body. And notice your head, your eyes, your ears. Now consider a part of your body you might not typically notice or that you may take for granted. Maybe it's a kidney or an armpit that releases toxins for you every day. And I invite you to offer thanks and gratitude for all these parts of your body. Regardless of whether they perform as you hope each day, and especially for those parts that do do their part of, of making your body work without you hardly ever noticing. We can come back to a little more outwardly focused where you can stay in that place if that's good for you. Um, and now I want to take us to a video. So this is going to, this is what I mentioned uh, introducing my friend Ben. Um, and this is also going to be with a former assistant named Elena. Um, and it offers just a little glimpse into the relationships that L'Arche nurtures. So this interconnectedness. So we'll, we'll watch the video. If the tech comes through. Butternut squash lollipops. How's that sound? Do you want candy made out of vegetables? No. <laughs> uh, no way. No way. That sounds gross. I, I be, you cook me. You happy when I cook with you? Yeah. Happy when you cook with me. From a young age, we're not taught in a lot of ways that these are normal people, that it's okay, that you can walk up and say hi to them, that when they say hi to you, it's safe and even a worthwhile thing to engage with them. In school, you know, when I studied anthropology, we never talked about disability rights. You know, we talked about race, we talked about class, we talked about gender, and we're really good at talking about those things. But we're still, in a lot of ways, pushing people with disabilities aside and not giving them a space where they can be seen and heard and admired and accepted as the gift that they are. We are acknowledging the gifts of all people and offering a space for all people to be celebrated. We really build community around people with intellectual disabilities because we see the gifts, the authenticity, the vulnerability that they both share and call us to. It's not a place we come to fix each other, but it's a place where we can be with one another. Ben has been a member of L'Arche for over 20 years. One of Ben's gifts is welcome, and he does it in an unconditional, loving way that is immediate. And we're all on a journey together, but we need others to journey with us, that we can't do this alone. So I think that is a gift of all people who are marginalized, is they can't hide the need that they have for others. 
Nice. Good? He just brings people in and he celebrates relationships so much more than he celebrates task or success, which I think is kind of the heart cry of so many of us is that we just want quality time with people we care about and, and that's Ben and he does that really well. When he's with people, he's so there. So I think that he's an incredible friend and a deep empathizer. And he also, I think, brings it back to the importance of relationships when a lot of us can get caught up in things. All day, bed. You wouldn't want to be in bed all day? Uh, Laying down like that? Uh, that yeah, that's what your dad said. Yeah. You wouldn't want that. Yeah. Ben says, look at me, listen to me, don't turn away, come here. Take a moment, hear me. I think there's something really unique and something very beautiful happening here at L'Arche and having been here for eight months I'm just only grazing the surface of the profundity of being here and what is a life well lived? Is it you know having this life that looks like the life everybody else has or is it really deep relationships and really focusing on what matters and sharing life together? for uh, tuning into that and catching some jokes in there. Um, so there were two sentences in that, in that video that really stuck with me, um, both things that Ben said. Um, and a part of the reason that I wanted to, to share this video is I feel like it can go to the heart of things better than maybe me, yeah, like talking about ideas and things. Um, one was, I'm happy when you cook with me. I'm happy when you cook with me. The other was wait. There at the end where he was like, wait, mom, hold on. I've got something else to say. Hold on, slow down for a second. Um, and I love the look on his face when he like looks at the camera there like, come on, can you believe this? Um, <laughs> and so I'd like to invite us to, to turn to each other just for a couple minutes. Um, and then after that, We'll have a little bit of any, any more Q&A time, and I'm also available after, and then we'll move into communion. Um, uh, but just to answer with each other, what is an activity that you enjoy more when you do it with, something, with someone else? So like cooking or going for a walk, could be anything. Um, either that or when do you find yourself saying, wait, hold on, slow down, either to yourself or to someone else? Um, like saying wait to yourself or saying wait to someone else. Um, so just a second to turn to each other, two or three people share with each other. Uh, what's an activity that you enjoy 
more when you do it with someone else or um, when do you find yourself saying wait? I'm going to call us back together. Sorry to cut you off. Gave you a great, hopefully a great conversation. Wait, wait, Jessica. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you for sharing with each other. Um, and I just want to put, connect dots a little bit um, and highlight one of our kind of practices. I, I haven't always traditionally thought of this as like a formal practice, but something that we do a lot in L'Arche, um, which is really simple, but in a, in a lot of ways I think also really profound, and that's um, a buddy system. Um, so that I also think of this as like co-working or co-doing any number of things. Um, so in a buddy system where, where we pair people up for a task or an outing, um, that can sometimes be for safety or to make sure that everyone has the support that they need to fully participate in something. Um, for example, I might say I'd be willing to lead a celebration or a committee or come and preach at Christ, um, but I'd feel best if I could co-lead it or co-do co it or have a buddy to tag team with, like Ben and Amanda are coming with me, uh, meeting up with me later for the second service. Um, but it can also refer to tasks that are just more enjoyable when we do them with someone else. Um, we might feel more motivated to do them because we have a buddy, like a workout buddy or an art-making buddy um, or one of the activities you just named with each other. So I just wanted to like connect that dot and name that's like something that I value that we do in L'Arche. Um, and when I think about accessibility, like in a worship context, sometimes buddying people up for something is a way that we can support people to fully participate. So um, want to open it back up for any more questions, and then I'll highlight some ways that you can plug in, and, and we'll move into communion. Um, Folks with disabilities in the, in the home? Yeah, so we kind of take life about like a year at a time. Um, 
various agreements um, are generally like a year at a time, but we hope that people are up for many more than just a year. Um, and that's the same with also assistance or other folks without disabilities living in the home is that we, that we hope it'll be a forever home. We, we would love for this to be uh, warm and fuzzy forever, but know that certain things aren't a, the right thing for certain seasons. So yeah, so it's not temporary. It's, it's permanent in that sense, but yeah, long-term. Yeah, great question. And that'll plug in to ways to plug in. Um, we, uh, about a half of our budget for Lush Portland is funded through government funds, mostly attached to um, like Medicaid waivers that our adults with disabilities have funding streams through the government to fund their residential needs and support needs. Um, and then about half is fundraised either through grants uh, or small donations, big donations. Um, yeah, but we, and we, some people will ask like, do we get money from like Big Larsh? We actually pay like a dues into the Big, big Larsh um, to be able to help fund communities that are in like developing countries that don't have those state structures in place. Um, yeah, there was one back there and then maybe one more here and then we can talk after. That's a good question. It, at Lurch Portland, we specifically don't do job training, but a lot of our folks with disabilities do connect with job coaches or different other agencies that do that, and we want to help. If, if somebody has a desire to um, find a job, that they don't have a job, or they want to gain a new skill, we want to support them to do that, but that's generally like connecting them with other services. There are some other large communities that do do job training, but we don't. Yeah, kind of all of the above. So sometimes it's connecting with a new community that we've not connected with. Um, sometimes it's like highlighting a specific need, like we're starting a new house. We have a like a housewarming registry. You can go on our Amazon Smile wish list, um, for example. Um, right, right. So on our website, we have um, all of that info. We um, at Christmas time we sell. Christmas trees, and that's actually, I find that a lot of people have learned about us by buying one of our Christmas trees. Um, we have a couple of Christmas tree lots, both uh, on the east side, south and northeast. Um, we, and for that, we publicize that tree sale, and by way of that, publicize ourselves with like radio ads and newspaper ads and um, through our various like networks um, digitally as well, social media. I think more and more is how we kind of publicize ourselves. Um, our board is also one of those networks that is a fundraising uh, network of them asking their friends and contacts. Um, so yeah, does that help answer some? Okay, maybe one more and then, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, on Edgewood Court just behind uh, our backyard actually butts up with the Beaverton Four Square parking lot right next to Holy Trinity. And we, we actually bought the house from Holy Trinity. It was um, a house that they called Ministry House. Um, yeah, so Cedar Hills, very just across the highway. Um, yeah, so 
I'll just, we already got into some how you can give. Um, other ways to plug in, we have two work parties coming up on July 27th, this coming Saturday, and then a Monday after that. Um, the Saturday will be doing, just to give you a sense if you're interested, a little bit more like house repair, painting, mowing. And Monday will be a little bit more like staging bedrooms, kind of getting bedrooms ready for people to move in. So moving furniture, making beds, cleaning. Um, and we have a couple of, or one main summertime event coming up, which is called Film on the Farm with Lady Hill Winery. So if you've been needing an excuse to go visit a winery, you can support L'Arche and do that at the same time. Uh, Lady Hill Winery is in St. Paul, Oregon, um, on the west side of kind of Portland area. Um, and Summer in the Forest is a film about L'Arche. Um, so we're really excited that they wanted to host us. They reached out to us, which is cool. Um, and then we have these monthly L'Arche at West Side events, which will start back up in September. We're almost, we almost have it pinned down which, which night of the month it'll be. Um, so stay tuned. If you're interested in, in finding out, you can sign up on our list to be on our email list um, just outside of the chapel. Um, you can also find cards about monthly giving, and you can see envelopes if you wanted to make a one-time donation today just outside of the chapel. And then, as I mentioned, we're, we're opening up this new West Side house, and so we've actually just kind of launched applications. Um, we have one opening on the east side, and then all the founding members of our West Side house openings for all of those spots. So if you or someone you know are interested, um, please spread the word. And also, there's an info session coming up on Saturday, August 3rd um, at 10 a.m. at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. So thank you so much 